I am unwilling to give up, that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out, knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control, control, control. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders, We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden, and welcome to The Kara Golden Show. I am so excited to have my next guest here. We have Sam Cox here, who is the founder and CEO of an incredible company that you are going to want to get your hands on immediately called Flouse. So kind of like house, spelled sort of like that word floss, but it's actually pronounced (laughs) Flouse, so F-L-A-U-S. And I'm really, really excited to have her here. So the world's first electric flosser, revolutionizing dental care with high-performing dental floss and sonic vibrations that make flossing as quick and easy and comfortable as using your favorite electric toothbrush. So Flouse is on a mission to help people keep their teeth for life by transforming daily rituals into delightful ones. And I'm excited to have her here with us today to share her story and hear more about her journey. I admitted to her before we were talking that I am (laughs) not a good flosser. So if my dentist, Ed Golden, is listening, uh, he is constantly on my case, even though I have good teeth. He is like, come on, one day it's going to catch up. So I now found my uh, my favorite new toy. So And it's uh, it's awesome. So anyway, welcome, Sam. So great to have you on the show. Thank you. I'm so excited um, to get to be here and get to chat about flouse and all things oral care. That's awesome. So I read that you just closed a round of funding, by the way. Congratulations. I know as a fellow uh, founder, entrepreneur that, um, you know, it's, it's never easy. It's my, it's my least favorite thing to do. I don't know about you, but uh, it's always exciting when it's done. It is so, I feel just so grateful to have been able to raise this round and close this round and have such incredible investors backing um, Flaus, including you know the team at Yeti Capital and just bringing really their strategic expertise to to this journey and especially as a female founder it's even um, more empowering because I just know how it's already so difficult to raise with what's going on in the macroeconomic environment but to be able to do it as a female founder doing consumer electronic hardware it's definitely something I'm very very proud of and very relieved is over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I bet. So that's that's awesome. Super super exciting. Thank so you. so Thank tell you. us the inspiration behind Flouse. What made you decide that you needed to have this consumer electronic? Definitely. So, it's actually a a pretty interesting story. So, at the time I was a fourth year um M&A attorney at a massive law firm called Skadden. Um, you know, just working those grueling, grueling big law hours. And I had a dentist appointment pop up on my calendar. And at the time, I was an amazing twice a day toothbrusher. 
admittedly a horrible flosser. So about a week leading up to the dentist appointment, I started vigorously flossing. So that when I got on the dentist chair and she asked, you know, Sam, have you been flossing? My answer would be yes. And right away, she knew I was a liar. There was blood everywhere. I ended up leaving with like a $5,000 dental bill, something outrageous. And even though I had really good um, dental insurance and I came home and I thought to myself, I hate flossing, but I love using my electric toothbrush. Why don't I just go buy an electric flosser that could do it for me? And I actually went online to go purchase one. And I was shocked to discover nothing like this existed. So that was really my first moment of like, wait, this seems so obvious. How doesn't this exist? And then over the course of the following weeks, I started talking to my friends and colleagues about their oral care habits because I had never really done that at the time. I think I just assumed everyone was flossing. I was like the only weirdo not doing it. But that's when I discovered, oh my gosh, flossing is a massive pain point for most people. And um, the majority of Americans aren't flossing. In a big subset, never flosses. So that was really when I when I then realized I was putting all the pieces together and I was like, all right, this is something that people use every day. They're being told to be using it by medical professionals. It's a space that has not been innovated in at all. Um, and it was a, a pain point that I experienced myself. So I always had known I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I never thought it'd be oral care. So just to have this idea plop right into my lap, it was very kismet. So you were an attorney uh, for a moment yes. when so you and I were just chatting about NYU Law School, yes. where my husband also oh. went to school a few years before you, more than a few years before you. <laughs> but uh, so, so what was the moment when you just decided, I really want to go and try and go and, you know, see if mm-hmm. I can't do this? You know, I can remember this moment like it was yesterday. And it was such a, what would seemingly be an insignificant moment, but it was so significant to me. And it was, I was actually in the middle of a deal. We were working super hard getting towards a signing. And I was at the time a junior associate. So I was the one tasked with doing all the diligence, going through all the documents and writing up all the memos. And I was doing that. And during that same time period, um, me and my girlfriends at the firm were celebrating Galentine's. Um, and we were making, I, I was tasked making a flower bouquet for one of my, my colleagues. And so I was doing this diligence memo and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, it's late. It's like probably 10 PM at night. It's late. I'm working. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take a little break and I'm just going to make this flower bouquet. And then I'll go back to doing the memo. I sit there. I probably spend 20 minutes making this beautiful flower bouquet. It was like very, very fun. And then went back to doing my, my diligence and I thought, Oh my gosh, I just got more intrinsic value out of making a flower bouquet for 20 minutes than I have from a single second at this job. And that's when I was like, I am, I am not only ex- extremely, I not only have very strong analytical capabilities, but I am a true creative. And, you know, I worked so hard to, go to law schools, take the bar, be at the top law firm, survive four years. But I felt no purpose in anything I was doing. And so um, that was really a very, very small, what's again, seemingly insignificant moment was just a light bulb for me where I was like, okay, I, I need to go be creative and go create something myself. How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? 
Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around, available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning, too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long, term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is The Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell, or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. 
And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of the Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for the Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. So you had this idea, uh, you had this experience, and but did you see anything out there that you were like, I could do this better? Or I, I mean, you really were taking a stab, not just at a product and a company, but an entirely new category, right? I mean, that's crazy. An entirely new category. It was, you know, I think that up until that point, I have always been someone that when I put my mind to something, I accomplished it. And throughout my time, even at Skadden and, you know, being with some of the most intelligent people in arguably the world at NYU Law, you know, I just quickly realized this hidden secret of adulthood that no one actually knows what they're doing and everyone's just figuring it out. And I think that gave me a lot of courage to to feel like, you know what, I can go and take this risk. There's, I'll never regret betting and investing in myself. And I had this urge to create and to, and to be a founder. And I just had this, this amazing idea that plopped into my lap. And, you know, that's not to say that I didn't do you know, hundreds of hours of diligence prior to deciding to leave the law firm. Like I made sure that this was a viable business idea and a viable business model, that there was actual market for this. It's not like, you know, I, it was only me who wanted this. And so I did a lot of different things to really test the waters before I decided to take the leap. But it was all these just little moments adding up that it became very clear to me that, um, I would always, I, I felt that I would regret not trying to do this. Mm-hmm. I felt like if I didn't do it, I, and someone else did, I would live with that regret. And so I was like, I'd rather try and fail than to not try at all. And you have a co-founder as well, right? Yeah. So we've had, um, I have a co-founder. Yes. And, uh, we actually went to USC together, which, and, uh, which is an, Actually, there was three of us at one point and one unfortunately had to just step away from the business for, for personal reasons, health reasons. But we all went to USC together and it's interesting. So when I came up with this idea, um, I started it on my own. And then as it started to develop and after I launched a really successful Indiegogo campaign, I then reached out to my, to my current co-founder from USC and said, you know, you have an industrial design background. You're great at branding. These are all skill sets I don't have. I would love to be able to bring you on to my team and get to get to build this with you. That's awesome. Very cool. So you knew each other before. It wasn't a just a we blind. knew each other before, but we were not exactly. But we were we were not close friends. So we were acquaintances at USC, and the, how we knew each other was we were both like super involved. We were both student government in clubs and so like leadership of our sororities. So very go getter. So. I just knew her as being like a very like-minded peer and, you know, people 
all very much respected her and, and everything like that. And, um, we actually got connected at a friend's wedding and I was telling her what I was working on. And she was like, you know, I would, I would love to help you out. And she actually came on to Flouse first as an independent contractor. So first helping me that in, in that way. And then, um, once the, again, after the Indiegogo campaign, it was like, okay, I, I would love a teammate to, to go out and build this. That's awesome. So you talked about the Indiegogo campaign. I'd love to hear more about that because I think a lot of people think, okay, yeah. I've got this idea. How am I going to fund it? Even right. the initial kind of, right. you know, moments and especially uh, there, I think there are investors, friends and family that will give some people money to just go and follow mm-hmm. a dream, right? But there are many people who are like, I would totally go start something, but I don't right. have the ability to do that. So talk to us about this Indiegogo campaign. So I first invested about $80,000. It was essentially my entire savings into Flowers. And mm-hmm. luckily I was at a great career where I did have this disposable income that I was saving. Ideally, you know, eventually to maybe buy a house instead of I bought a, my own, built my own company. Um, and, but after that point, it did get, especially when you're doing consumer electronic hardware, it is very capital intensive. And even for, as you mentioned, uh, other uh, budding entrepreneurs that maybe are, are doing a board game or, or another type of consumer product, a lot of these things require a lot of upfront capital that we just don't have. And so um, when I was going out to raise some money from friends and family, a, a piece of feedback I was receiving was people were saying, okay, well, we want to see that people are willing to put down their credit cards for this. And I'm like... Well, we don't have a product. Like nothing's built. I don't know what are people paying for. And so I um, went back and forth with the idea of either doing a crowdfunding campaign on an Indiegogo or Kickstarter or doing a a pre-sale, a pre-order on my own website. And I decided to launch an Indiegogo campaign for a couple of really specific reasons. And it was honestly one of the best decisions. And I'm super excited to get to chat about it because I was so methodical. I learned so much doing it. So with Indiegogo, some of the benefits are, one, these consumers understand that they are buying the first of its kind product. They're typically buying it at like the beta stage. So they understand that they're not going to necessarily be receiving something that's perfect, like compared to how a typical traditional consumer would be when you purchase something you expect it to be in very good working condition. Two, um, the Indiegogo customers also are very used to waiting a long time in between putting down their card and backing a project and actually receiving the product. With consumer electronic hardware, it can take up to a year to do the manufacturing, production line, everything like that. So that was another aspect that was like, okay, I think that this makes the most sense to go and do an Indiegogo campaign. So what I did from there is I went on to both Indiegogo and Kickstarter and I went and I looked up other products in similar verticals. Obviously there was not another electric flosser, but I went and I looked up electric toothbrushes. I went and looked up electric razors, other like personal care items in in different verticals. And I went and I found the most successful campaigns. So I narrowed in on those. And then I, analyzed all of them. And I said, what are the common themes on all of these pages? Why are these ones so successful? And what I discovered was that almost every single one of them had been working with a crowdfunding marketing agency. So there's like five of them really. And every single one had been working with them and is at the very, very, very bottom. It's like sponsored by Rain Factory, who is ours. So I went out and I interviewed all of them. And 
I ended up going with um, Rain Factory, who was ours. And that was such an incredibly important decision because Indiegogo and Kickstarter have been around for so long now that it's a hyper-saturated platform. It's hyper-saturated. It's really hard to stand out. And a lot of these backers are serial backers and a lot of them have been burned. So Mm -hmm. they're already on high alert for like potentially fraudulent campaigns and that's happened over and there's really no recourse at all for these backers. So, and so you're dealing with a different type of consumer who's done this before, but who that that's kind of on edge and a little cynical. Um, but also it's a very unique marketing funnel, right? So let's say you're, we were marketing through um, Instagram and Facebook and I had never purchased something ever on Indiegogo before. So imagine getting this ad for this cool electric flosser. You're like, okay, I just had my dentist appointment. I need, this looks great. I want to use it. You click it and then you're taken to an Indiegogo campaign. I know for myself, I would immediately drop out of the funnel. I'd be like, whoa, what is this? I just want to purchase. And so what these crowdfunding marketing agencies do, what their secret sauce is, is because they've been around for so long, they are able to tap in to that tech explorer target audience that is really ripe for going down the entire marketing funnel. And so we did things like a landing page about a month and a half before the campaign had about 10,000 email leads going into it because Indiegogo is all about FOMO. You just want to create mm-hmm. this FOMO effect. And so um, there were just so many different things that that we learned and it was a very, very methodical process. And um and now, you know, we sold over 4,500 units. We were fully funded under three hours. We finished in the top 1% of campaigns ever on Indiegogo. And to be able to walk away, one, we've successfully delivered all of our product. We're now upgrading all of our uh, Indiegogo customers who we call our founding flousers into Flouse 2. Um, but to be able to have this community of such passionate advocates and backers, it has been so incredible it was scary. I was scared. I was like, what if this fails and it lives on the internet forever? Like this failed campaign. And just like leaving Skadden, it's like, you just have to take the risk and just know like you will always land on your feet. You'll be fine if it doesn't work out. No, I love that story. So it real quickly. So Indigo, so once you bring this this agency on there what are the economics like yeah. roughly to do that kind of thing so the agency they were about so they charged about twenty thousand dollars up front so it was an upfront investment for us and twenty thousand about upfront but that was for them to set up the um email collection landing page to run surveys. We had like a 2,500 person survey that we got responses back to, to create the entire Indiegogo page. That is an entire, very, very methodical process. Um, as well as helping us with, um, you know, doing our video assets and photography assets. So just managing the entire campaign. And then it's very interesting. So Indiegogo, I would not say for people that are really trying to, uh, raise money. Um, I don't know if I would necessarily... Indiegogo takes a cut of the proceeds of your prof, of your just gross sales. So not even just your profit. So the gross sales, then Rain Factor, your, your marketing agency will take a little cut as well. And then you have the payment processor stripe. So I think when it was all said and done, I think in total, the amount of fees that were taken out of 
what we raised, the $360,000 was about 18% of it, 15 to 18% already out the door. But we ran the numbers and we were like, this makes sense for us. This can help fund our initial manufacturing and production line and get this initial inventory out the door. And I was really viewing Indiegogo as my first major benchmark to then my next, my, a bigger pre-seed funding round, which, which it, that's what it led to is my first $2 million raise was right after that. Well, and you're building buzz and confidence, right? That you can actually go do this and that there's going to be people, uh, to your earlier point that people are going to write a check for this. And so are they getting equity as well? Or can you share a little bit about that? No. Yeah. So there's um, two different types of, of crowdfunding. Uh, there, there's actually multiple, but two major ones. So um, this one is rewards-based uh, crowdfunding. So backers just pledge a certain dollar amount and in exchange, they get rewarded with a perk. Um, and that's assuming the campaign actually fully gets funded, they actually successfully create the product and deliver it, which a lot of companies don't do. But so the first one is a, um, a reward based uh, crowdfunding. So no equity is exchanged, just just dollars. Um, the second type is an equity crowdfunding. And there's a lot of amazing like, uh, uh, I know Republic is one, there's a bunch of different, um, really great equity crowdfunding platforms. And that's where people are giving you money. And then you're giving them, you know, the uh, uh, promise for future for future equity. And that's actually something we're super excited about looking into in the future, um, to really continue to foster that sense of community with our customers who are just such loyal brand advocates, and who have been with us from day one, like, we get emails all the time from customers being like, can I invest? And we're like, okay, not yet. But um, I think equity crowdfunding is an amazing way to build community. And a lot of them do recommend actually doing it right off of an, an Indiegogo or a Kickstarter campaign. It's so smart. Really, really smart. So you obviously love innovation. You created this machine. So how long did it take you to actually create? Oh my gosh. Oh, I mean, so I came up with this idea now about three and a half years ago. So I've been at this for, for a bit. And um, when I first came up with it, you know, my first reference point was was electric toothbrushes and um, really utilizing that as the proof of concept and putting a floss pick head on it and saying like, okay, what does this feel like? Does it make it easier? Does it make it better? And immediately I was like, oh my gosh, this is so much more enjoyable and quicker. That was my immediate proof of concept. So then I turned around and being a lawyer with no dental or engineering background, I immediately went and I found um, two dental advisors to come on board. One who was my actual, my neighbor in my downtown LA apartment at the time. And then um, I went and I found an engineer and I just Googled like engineers near me. And I I found, I, I interviewed a bunch and I found one that really, I felt hit the core pillars I was looking for in terms of accessibility, sustainability, beautiful design, you know, um, customer centricity, everything like that. And so we were, I was probably in product iteration, um, uh, for like a year and a half, just prototyping. So just going through drawings and honing that in and then doing 3d printed prototypes and running around LA and putting them in people's mouths and, you know, a large chunk of my story, I, I left Skadden and launched this Indiegogo campaign in, in March of 2021. And so we were peak COVID. Like this was peak COVID. I have something that has to go in people's mouths. <laughs> so I'm trying to like run around and, you know, 
ideally you don't test in your friends and family's mouths because they're a little biased, but that was my only choice. I, I was walking out on the streets in Manhattan Beach. I used to live there and I was going up to strangers being like, I have a $10 Starbucks gift card. Like, will you test this? And they're like, get away from me, crazy lady. So <laughs> I was like, okay, I, I need to go the friend, the friend's route. And so I just drove around all of LA just putting flouse in as many people's hands and mouths as possible. And it was just this honing and honing and honing process. And it eventually got to the place where I was like, okay, it's, it's good enough. Let's get it into production. And of course, when you go through your first round of beta production, the, let me tell you, special consumer electronic hardware, it is not perfect the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's all about just continuing to iterate and get the product in customers' hands because you become so close to the product that there are obvious things you'll miss. And I think for a lot of other founders, budding founders out there, it's such a dangerous journey to be building in secrecy. I think it's so important that you are constantly validating and and speaking to customers because you can build, build, build and pop your head up and be like, wait, no one wants this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's definite. That is so so true because it's. Uh, I remember when we were first launching Hint, we you know delayed not a lot, yeah. but we de- delayed slightly, and we had clear labels on the bottle because I felt like okay, everything needs to be clear, and and so we need to have a clear label. Anyway, what I did not, and many incredible designers who were designing our labels had done. Uh, other products, they'd never done a clear label before, but we didn't take into account that the lighting on the shelf. And so, mm-hmm. and also who were we going to be next to, which had nothing to right. do with our product, right. but how was it going to actually show up? And so if we were next to a bright pink uh, vitamin water, for example, we just got lost on the shelf. And so mm-hmm. we, there were so many lessons that we learned in that first iteration. So I always tell people, get it on the shelf, get in every yes. industry and see what consumers are saying because you're there's no doubt that you're going to shift things. And obviously it has to be safe uh, for the consumer, but it needs to, you know, you can change packaging, you can change uh, the product, all of those kind of things. So. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, one of a little tidbit on that, following that, one of my um, one of my like closest advisors and mentors is Dr. Jason of the founder of Theragun, or now known as Therabody. And I went to him with my Flouse One device, and um, I was like, he he uses it, but I went to him with my Flouse One device, my beta product, and I was like, oh, it's too loud, it's too this, it's too that, and he was like, Sam it is good enough. He's like, get it out into market and you need to get customer feedback. And I will never forget, he brings in the first and second iteration of Theragun and he's like, look at this thing. Yeah, He's like, it is a, basically a power drill with a silicone head on top. And he's like, this is what I was selling. He's like, this is, he's like, I would tell you if it wasn't good enough. He's like, you just have to get it out there. And so that was really like a moment where I felt like, okay, it, it, I can do this. I don't need to be perfect. Perfection is like, that's going to slow, slow us down. And as you mentioned, you just, 
you can't really imagine all the different ways consumers are going to be using it and where they where they're going to be using it and all these different things. So I, I totally agree. Yeah, Jason was on our show as well. He's awesome. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's amazing. He is super amazing and such an interesting, uh, you know, incredible guy too. Has also had a different career prior. Uh, So really, really super interesting and a really incredible product. What is the hardest, uh, most challenging part of, of, you know, maybe look at the question two ways of, of being an entrepreneur in this industry and also, um, I don't know, maybe maybe there's aspects about developing a product that has to have different uh, certifications on it uh, that you're like, oh my gosh, I never Definitely. really thought about this, but now I'm in it. And so we've got to figure it out. <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I guess I'll tackle the the second half of that first. So yes, so Flouse is a class one medical grade device. Um, We do fall under the um, 501k exemption as most electric toothbrushes and toothbrushes do. So it's it's a little bit um, lesser of a burden. But the I did not realize that we were going to be having such stringent like regulatory requirements. And so that was a really interesting process. And you know, getting some different like FDA um, regulators and advisors involved to help us. And it's so interesting. Everyone has a different approach to things. Some people are way more lax. Some people are like, you need to follow everything by the book to a T. And as a lawyer, that's how I was trained. Everything is like hyper, hyper risk averse. Um, and it's interesting because your mindset's a bit different when you're an entrepreneur. You know, you you do have to be willing to take some risks. But obviously, when it comes to safety and compliance and everything like that, you know, we're making sure that we're following everything that we can um, and, and to the best of our abilities. But that was definitely um, an aspect that probably caught us a little bit off guard from a cost perspective of like, oh, okay, we weren't budgeting having to do this. Or for example, we want to go out for the ADA seal of acceptance. So the American Dental Association. Um, and in order to do that, you have to undergo two double-blind clinical studies. And that could be upwards of $100,000, $150,000. So a, a pretty massive investment, but it's so worthwhile to, to be gaining your consumers trust and not even just consumers trust also um, dental professionals you know and so there have been different aspects where you're just kind of like okay i didn't expect this and i think especially as we were talking about earlier in today's you know fundraising environment it is so important that you're operating as efficiently as possible to get to profitability as soon as possible so when you have these kind of surprise expenses come up, it can, it can be difficult to be like, okay, you know, where we take, where is this coming from? Like what other pool can we take this money from and reallocate? Or how can we try to like get scrappy and and increase our sales with a really high ROI? So we're able to offset these costs, things like that. And so, you know, if anything, what I love most about being an entrepreneur is that I am learning every single day. I wear so many hats. All of a sudden, I'm a web developer. And next thing, I'm an FDA regulator, you know, and it's just the most incredible experience, but it's tough. And on the personal side, what I would say, and it's actually something I was just struggling. And I texted Dr. Jason about actually this today. I texted him this morning and I was like, I have been following in a career path. I'm sure anyone who's a lawyer or doctor or any or a PhD would understand this where there were such obvious steps of what was next. You know, you go to law school, you take the bar, you climb the ranks as a lawyer. 
And now I have no idea what comes next. There's so much uncertainty with what I'm doing. And there's really no feedback loop of being like, you're doing a good job. So you're just kind of out here, like, you know, the proof is in the pudding if you're doing a good job or not. But that has been a very challenging aspect because, you know, it's, um, it can be really difficult. And then sometimes it can be really overwhelming to, to just the thought of, I don't know what comes next. Will this be successful? Is all the sacrifice going to be worth it? And I think that that's something that just, you kind of have to ride the waves of the high highs and the lows lows and just know that, you know, I'm, I'm on this incredible journey and I have so much gratitude to get to be making something that's helping people. And so that's how I really try to like reshift my perspective, but I reach out to my mentors all the time and I'm like, tell me this is normal. And I cannot tell you how many of them are like, Sam, I still feel this way. Yeah. 12 years later, I still feel that way. I, I don't know. And I was like, okay, that it just makes me feel like, okay, that this isn't a sign something's wrong. Like this is just part of like the human experience. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's also, I found when we were growing hint too, that I would feel that way. And then I would always find something new that I could, you know, dig into inside of my company and learn. And that sort of pushed me to go and start asking outside of the company, outside of my industry sometimes for um, guidance. Like how, how would you, I saw you did this. And what I found by forcing myself to, I, I had a, I had a point of actually trying to get to another founder to do this, but I would learn so much more. And I would hear like, you're doing this with Jason, for example, but yes. on how he dealt with that, but you're also you know, trying to learn and trying to innovate along the way. So I totally understand what what you're saying, but I think, you know, it's whenever you don't feel that way, I think you have to force yourself out. EY actually, um, early on, I was part of this great program that they have called EY Winning Women. I don't know if you've ever heard about it, but you should definitely uh, be a part of it. But it's a lot of entrepreneurs that in a lot of different industries that are at your um, stage. I'm happy to make an introduction uh, for it. But the thing that they always said was, um, you know, get outside of your company and start to figure out Mm -hmm. like, you know, where you can... um, where you can learn more because you're going to be able to bring that into the company too. And I think be able to make your company better. And I I don't know, that just really, those words have always rang true for me uh, for, you know, as, as I've been growing the company. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. One, I would, I would absolutely love to be a part of something like that. I feel like finding other female founders and mentors is something that's really, really important to me. I feel like I look around and I don't know if you feel this way. I've looked around a bunch. I'm like, why are all my mentors and investors men? Like everyone. I'm like, where, where are my women at? Um, so I'm always looking for that and um, not for lack of not trying or being cognizant of it. But, um, yeah, it just, you know, again, going back to, to this idea that I was a lawyer by trade, having no experience doing any of this, that was my strategy all along has always been to get advice from others who have walked this path before me, because you don't have to reinvent the wheel, even though I'm creating something so innovative and new. Um, 
a lot of this is pattern recognition, right? Is understanding, okay, like these are the things you should be looking for. These are the things that these are common mistakes. Um, and I, one of, I had a lot of success and I, I don't know if I'm not sure the method you did to do this, but, um, I utilize LinkedIn a lot. I do a lot mm-hmm. of polls outreach on LinkedIn of, of people that, you know, I have a, now an investor and advisor and he led uh, the oral care innovation at Dollar Shave Club and was doing brand innovation at Oral B right before that. And so I just found him random and I was like, your background is right on point and I want to learn more. Like, what do you know? And it's amazing how many people want to help. You know, yeah, and so totally. it's like just putting yourself out there and being persistent. Doc, Dr. Jason took like 20 to 30 emails to get my first meeting with him. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I love that story. Well, Flouse is so awesome. And uh, I wish we had three more hours to uh, chat, but everybody oh. needs to definitely go on to your site. You're primarily online right now, right? Direct consumer online at goflouse.com. Um, yes, primarily online for now, but eventually retail. Awesome. So uh, best of luck with all of this. You're not you're not going to need it because you guys are going to kill it. I, I love it. Love it so much. And hopefully we'll also see it Thank in some you. dental offices soon uh, too. Yes. So it was such a pleasure meeting you and you are just a, uh, a force for sure. So I'm really, really thrilled that you've done this and, uh, and very excited for everybody to try this and grab them as well. So thank you so much, Sam Cox. And uh, the company again is, is Floss. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to The Kara Golden Show. If you would, please give us a review and feel free to share this podcast with others who would benefit. And of course, feel free to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of our podcast. Just a reminder that I can be found on all platforms at Kara Golden. And if you want to hear more about my journey, I hope you will have a listen or pick up a copy of my book, Undaunted, which I share my journey, including founding and building Hint. We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Have a great rest of the week and 2023. And goodbye for now. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, But achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Golden. Thanks for listening.